Chapter Five of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Mother and Son. Unaware of the evil designs of his family, Martial entered the kitchen slowly. Some few words let fall by La Louve in her conversation with Fleur de Marie have already acquainted the reader with the singular existence of this man. Endowed with excellent natural instincts, incapable of an action positively base or wicked martial did not however lead a regular life he poached on the water but his strength and his boldness inspired so much fear that the keepers of the river shut their eyes on this irregularity to this illegal occupation martial joined another that was equally illicit a redoubtable champion he willingly undertook and more from excessive courage from love of the thing than for gain to avenge in pugilistic or single-stick encounters those victims who had been overcome by two powerful opponents we should add that martial was very particular in the selection of those causes which he pleaded by strength of fist and usually took the part of the weak against the strong la louve's lover was very much like françois and amandine he was of middle height stout and broad-shouldered his thick red hair cropped short came in five points over his open brow his close harsh short beard his broad bluff cheeks his projecting nose flattened at the extremity his blue and bold eyes gave to his masculine features a singularly resolute expression he was covered with an old glazed hat and despite the cold he had only a worn-out blouse over his vest and a pair of velveteen trousers which had seen considerable service he held in his hand a very thick knotted stick which he put down beside him near the dresser a large dog half terrier half hound with crooked legs and a black hide marked with bright red came in with martial but he remained close to the door not daring to approach the fire nor the guests who were sitting at table experience having proved to old miro that was the name of martial's poaching companion that he as well as his master did not possess much of the sympathy of the family where are the children were martial's first words as he sat down to table where they ought to be replied calabash surlily where are the children mother said martial again without taking the slightest notice of his sister's reply gone to bed replied the widow in a harsh tone haven't they had their supper mother what's that to you exclaimed nicolas brutally after having swallowed a large glass of wine to increase his courage for his brother's disposition and strength had a very strong effect on him martial as indifferent to the attacks of nicolas as to those of calabash then said to his mother i am sorry the children are gone to bed so soon so much the worse responded the widow yes so much the worse for i like to have them beside me when i am at supper and we because they were troublesome and annoyed us have sent them off cried nicolas and if you don't like it why you can go after them martial astonished looked steadfastly at his brother then as if convinced of the futility of a quarrel he shrugged his shoulders cut off a slice of bread and a piece of meat the dog had come up towards nicolas although keeping at a very respectful distance and the ruffian irritated at the disdain with which his brother treated him and hoping to wear out his patience by ill-using his dog gave miro a savage kick which made the poor brute howl fearfully martial turned red clasped in his hand the knife he held and struck violently on the table with the handle but again controlling himself he called the dog to him saying quietly here miro the hound came and crouched at his master's feet 
this composure quite upset nicolas's plans who was desirous of pushing his brother to extremities in order to produce an explosion so he added i hate dogs i do and i won't have this dog remain here martial's only reply was to pour out a glass of wine and drink it off slowly exchanging a rapid glance with nicolas the widow encouraged him by a signal to continue his hostilities towards martial hoping as we have said that a violent quarrel would arise that would lead to a rupture and complete separation nicolas then taking up the willow stick which the widow had used to beat francois went up to the dog and striking him sharply said get out you brute miro up to this time nicolas had often shown himself sulkily offensive towards martial but he had never dared to provoke him with so much audacity and perseverance la louve's lover thinking they were desirous of driving him to extremities for some secret motive quelled every impulse of temper at the cry of the beaten dog martial rose opened the door of the kitchen made the dog go out and then returned and went on with his supper this incredible patience so little in harmony with martial's usual demeanour puzzled and nonplussed his aggressors who looked at each other with amazement he affecting to appear wholly unconscious of what was passing around him ate away with great appetite keeping profound silence calabash take the wine away said the widow to her daughter she hastened to comply when martial said stay i haven't done my supper so much the worse said the widow taking the bottle away herself oh that's another thing answered la louve's lover and pouring out a large glass of water he drank it smacking his tongue and exclaiming capital water this excessive calmness irritated the burning anger of nicolas already heated by copious libations but still he hesitated at making a direct attack well knowing the vast power of his brother suddenly he cried out as if delighted at the idea martial you were quite right to turn the dog out it is a good habit to begin to give way for you have but to wait a bit and you will see us kick your sweetheart out just as we have driven away your dog oh yes for if la louve is impudent enough to come to the island when she leaves jail added calabash who quite understood nicolas's motive i'll serve her out and i'll give her a dip in the mud by the hovel at the end of the island continued nicolas and if she gets out i'll give her a few rattlers over the knob with my wooden shoe the this insult addressed to la louve whom he loved with savage ardour triumphed over the pacific resolutions of martial he frowned and the blood mounted to his cheeks whilst the veins in his brow swelled and distended like cords still he had so much control over himself as to say to nicolas in a voice slightly altered by his repressed wrath take care of yourself you are trying to pick a quarrel and you will find a bone to pick that will be too tough for you a bone for me to pick yes and i'll trash you more soundly than i did last time what nicolas said calabash with a sardonic grin did martial thrash you did you hear that mother i'm not astonished that nicolas is so afraid of him he walloped me because like a coward he took me off my guard exclaimed nicolas turning pale with rage you lie you attacked me unexpectedly i knocked you flat and then showed you mercy but if you talk of my mistress i say mind you of my mistress this time i look it over you shall carry my marks for many a long day and suppose i choose to talk of la louve inquired calabash why i'll pull your ears to put you on your guard and if you begin again why so will i 
and suppose i speak of her said the widow slowly you yes i you said martial making a violent effort over himself you you'll beat me too i suppose won't you no but if you speak to me unkindly of la louve i'll give nicolas a hiding he shall long remember so now mind it is his affair as well as yours you exclaimed the ruffian rising and drawing his dangerous spanish knife you give me a hiding nicolas no steel cried the widow quickly leaving her seat and trying to seize her son's arm but he drunk with wine and passion repulsed his mother savagely and rushed at his brother martial receded rapidly laid hold of the thick knotted stick which he had put down by the dresser as he entered and betook himself to the defensive nicolas no steel repeated the widow let him alone cried calabash taking up the ravageur's hatchet nicolas still brandishing his formidable knife watched for a moment when he could spring on his brother i tell you he exclaimed you and your trollop la louve that i'll slash your eyes out and here goes to begin help mother help calabash let's make cold meat of the scamp he's been in our way too long already and believing the moment favourable for his attack the brigand dashed at his brother with his uplifted knife martial who was a dexterous cudgeller retreated a pace rapidly raising his stick which as quick as lightning cut a figure of eight and fell so heavily on the right forearm of nicolas that he seized with a sudden and overpowering pain dropped his trenchant weapon villain you have broken my arm he shouted grasping with his left hand the right arm which hung useless by his side no for i felt my stick rebound replied martial kicking as he spoke the knife underneath the dresser then taking advantage of the pain which nicolas was suffering he seized him by the collar and thrust him violently backwards until he had reached the door of the little cellar we have alluded to which he opened with one hand whilst with the other he thrust his brother into it and locked him in all stupefied as he was with this sudden attack then turning round upon the two women he seized calabash by the shoulders and in spite of her resistance her shrieks and a blow from the hatchet which cut his head slightly he shut her up in the lower room of the cabaret which communicated with the kitchen then addressing the widow who was still stupefied with this manoeuvre as skilful as it was sudden martial said to her calmly now mother you and i are alone yes we are alone replied the widow and her usually immobile features became excited her sallow skin grew red a gloomy fire lighted up her dull eye whilst anger and hate gave to her countenance a terrible expression yes we two are alone now she repeated in a menacing voice i have waited for this moment and at length you shall know all that i have on my mind and i will tell you all i have on my mind if you live to be a hundred years old i tell you you shall remember this night i shall remember it unquestionably my brother and sister have tried to murder me and you have done nothing to prevent them but come let me hear what you have against me what have i yes since your father's death you have acted nothing but a coward's part i yes a coward's instead of remaining with us to support us you went off to rambouillet to poach in the woods with that man who sells game whom you knew at bercy if i had remained here i should have been at the galleys like ambroise or on the point of going there like nicolas 
i would not be a robber like the rest and that is the cause of your hatred and what track are you following now you steal game you steal fish thefts without danger a coward's thefts fish like game is no man's property to-day belongs to no one to-morrow to another it is his who can take it i don't steal as to being a coward why you fight and for money men who are weaker than yourself because they have beaten men weaker than themselves a coward's trade a coward's trade why there are more honest pursuits it is true but it is not for you to tell me this then why did you not take up with those honest trades instead of coming here sculling and feeding out of my saucepans i give you the fish i catch and what money i have it isn't much but it's enough and i don't cost you anything i have tried to be a locksmith to earn more but when one has from one's infancy led a vagabond life on the river and in the woods it is impossible to confine oneself to one spot it is a settled thing and one's life is decided and then added martial with a gloomy air i have always preferred living alone on the water or in the forest there no one questions me whilst elsewhere men twit me about my father who was can i deny it guillotined of my brother a galley slave of my sister a thief and what do you say of your mother i say what i say she is dead you do right it is as if i were for i renounce you dastard your brother is at the galleys your grandfather and your father finished their lives daringly on the scaffold mocking the priest and the executioner instead of avenging them you tremble avenging them yes by showing yourself a real martial spitting at the headman's knife and the red cassock and ending like father mother brother sister accustomed as he was to the savage excitement of his mother martial could not forbear shuddering the countenance of the widow as she uttered the last words was fearful she continued with increasing wrath oh coward and even worse than coward you wish to be honest honest why won't you ever be despised repulsed as the son of an assassin or the brother of a felon but you instead of rousing your revenge and wrath this makes you frightened instead of biting you run away when they guillotined your father you left us coward and you knew we could not leave the island to go into the city because they call after us and pelt us with stones like mad dogs oh they shall pay for it i can tell you they shall pay for it a man ten men would not make me afraid but to be called after by all the world as a son and brother of criminals well i could not endure it i preferred going into the woods and poaching with pierre who sells game why didn't you remain in the woods i returned because i got into trouble with a keeper and besides on the children's account because they are of an age to take to evil from example and what is that to you to me why i will not allow them to become depraved like ambroise nicolas and calabash indeed and if they were left with you then they would not fail to become so i went apprentice to try and gain a livelihood so that i might take them into my own care and leave the island with the children but in paris everything was known and it was always you son of the guillotined or you brother of the felon i had battles daily and i grew tired of it but you didn't grow tired of being honest that answered so well 
instead of having the pluck to come to us and do as we do as the children will do in spite of you yes in spite of you you think to cajole them with your preaching but we are always here francois is already one of us or nearly let the occasion serve and he'll be one of the band i tell you no you will see yes i know what i say he has vice in him but you spoil him as to amandine as soon as she is fifteen she will begin on her own account ah they throw stones at us ah they pursue us like mad dogs they shall see what our family is made of except you dastard for here you are the only one who brings down shame upon us note five these frightful facts are unfortunately not exaggerated the following is from the admirable report of m de bretignere on the penitentiary colony of Maitrey, march twelfth eighteen forty three the civil condition of our colonists it is important to state amongst them we count thirty-two natural children thirty-four whose fathers and mothers are remarried fifty-one whose parents are in prison one hundred twenty-four whose parents have not been pursued by justice but are in the utmost distress these figures are eloquent and full of instruction they allow us to go from effects to causes and give us the hope of arresting the progress of an evil whose origin is thus arrived at the number of parents who are criminals enable us to appreciate the education which the children have received under the tutelage of such instructors taught evil by their fathers the sons have become wicked by their orders and have believed they were acting properly in following their example arrested by the hand of the law they resign themselves to share the destiny of their family in prison to which they only bring the emulation of vice and it is absolutely necessary that a ray of divine light should still exist within these rude and coarse natures in order that all the germs of honesty should not be utterly destroyed End of note five. that's a pity and as you may be spoiled amongst us why to-morrow you shall leave this place and never return to it martial looked at his mother with surprise then after a moment's silence said was it for this that you tried to get up a quarrel with me at supper yes to show you what you might expect if you would stay here in spite of us a hell upon earth i tell you a hell every day a quarrel and blows struggles and we shall not be alone as we were this evening we shall have friends who will help us and you will not hold out for a week do you think to frighten me i only tell you what will happen i don't heed it i shall stay you will stay yes in spite of us in spite of you of calabash of nicolas and all blackguards like him really you make me laugh from the lips of this woman with her repulsive and ferocious look these words were horrible i tell you i will remain here until i find the means of gaining my livelihood elsewhere with the children alone i should not long be unemployed for i could return to the woods but on their account i may be some time in finding what i am seeking for in the meanwhile here i remain oh you remain until the moment when you can take away the children exactly as you say take away the children when i say to them come they will come and quickly too i promise you the widow shrugged her shoulders and replied listen i told you a short time since that even if you were to live for a hundred years you should recollect this night 
i will explain those words but before i do so have you quite made up your mind yes 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 a thousand times over yes in a little while however you will say no 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 a thousand times no listen to me attentively do you know the trade your brother follows i have my suspicions but i do not wish to know you shall know he steals so much the worse for him and for you for me he commits robberies at night with forcible entry burglary a case of the galleys we receive what he plunders if we are discovered we shall be sentenced to the same punishment as he is as receivers and you too they will sweep away the whole family and the children will be turned out into the streets where they will learn the trade of their father and grandfather as well as here i apprehended as a receiver as your accomplice where's the proofs no one knows how you live you are vagabondizing on the water you have the reputation of a bad fellow you dwell with us and who will believe that you are ignorant of our thefts and receivings i will prove the contrary we will accuse you as our accomplice accuse me and why to pay you off for staying amongst us against our will just now you tried to make me frightened in one way now you are trying another tack but it won't do i will prove that i never robbed i remain ah you remain listen then again do you remember last year a person who passed the christmas night here christmas night said martial trying to recall his memory try and remember try i do not recollect don't you recollect that bras rouge brought here in the evening a well-dressed man who was desirous of concealing himself yes now i remember i went up to bed and left him taking his supper with you he passed the night here and before daybreak nicolas took him to st ouen you are sure nicolas took him to st ouen you told me so next morning on christmas night you were here yes and what of that why that night this man who had a good deal of money about him was murdered in this house mur he here and robbed and buried by the little woodpile it is not true cried martial becoming pale with horror and unable to believe in this fresh crime of his family you mean to frighten me once more it is not true ask francois what he saw this morning in the woodpile francois and what did he see a man's foot sticking out of the ground take a lantern go and convince your eyes no said martial wiping his brow which had burst forth in a cold sweat no i do not believe you you say it too to prove to you that if you remain here in spite of us you risk every moment being apprehended as an accomplice in robbery and murder you were here on christmas night and we shall declare that you helped us do this job how will you prove the contrary merciless wretch said martial hiding his face in his hands now will you go said the widow with a devilish smile martial was overwhelmed he unfortunately could not doubt what his mother had said to him the wandering life he led his dwelling with so criminal a family must induce the most horrible suspicions of him 
and these suspicions would be converted into certainty in the eyes of justice if his mother brother and sister declared him to be their accomplice the widow was rejoiced at the depression of her son you have one means of getting out of the difficulty denounce us i ought but i will not and you know that right well that is why i have told you all this now will you go martial wishing to soften this hag said to her in a subdued voice mother i do not believe you are capable of this murder as you please but go i will go on one condition no condition at all you shall put the children apprentices somewhere in the country they shall remain here but mother when you have made them like nicolas calabash ambroise my father what good will that be to you to make good jobs by their assistance we are not too many now calabash will remain here with me to keep the cabaret nicolas is alone once properly instructed francois and amandine will help him they have already been pelted with stones young as they are and they must revenge themselves mother you love calabash and nicolas don't you well if i do what then suppose the children imitate them and their crimes are detected well what then they will come to the scaffold like my father what then what then and does not their probable fate make you tremble that fate will be mine neither better nor worse i rob they rob i kill they kill whoever takes the mother will take the young ones we will not leave each other if our heads fall theirs will fall in the same basket and we shall all take leave at once we will not retreat you are the only coward in the family and we drive you from us but the children the children the children will grow up and but for you they would have been quite formed already francois is almost ready and when you are gone amandine will make up for lost time mother i entreat of you consent to having the children sent away from here and put in apprenticeship at a distance i tell you that they are in apprenticeship here the felon's widow uttered these last words so immovably that martial lost all hope of mollifying this soul of bronze since it is so he replied hear me in my turn mother i remain ha ha not in this house i shall be assassinated by nicolas or poisoned by calabash but as i have no means of lodging elsewhere i and the children will occupy the hovel at the end of the island the door of that is strong and i will make it still more secure once there i will barricade myself and with my gun my stick and my dog i am afraid of no one to-morrow morning i will take the children with me during the day they will be with me either in my boat or elsewhere and at night they shall sleep near me in the hovel we can live on the fish i catch until i find some means of placing them and find it i will oh that's it is it neither you nor my brother nor calabash can prevent this can you if your robberies and murders are discovered during my abode on the island so much the worse but i'll chance it i will declare that i came back and remained here in consequence of the children to prevent them from becoming infamous they will decide the children shall not remain another day in this abode and i defy you and your gang to drive me from this island the widow knew martial's resolution and the children who loved their eldest brother as much as they feared her 
would certainly follow him unhesitatingly whenever and wherever he called them as to himself well armed and most determined always on his guard in his boat during the day and secure and barricaded in the hovel on the island at night he had nothing to fear from the malevolence of his family martial's project then might be realized in every particular but the widow had many reasons for preventing its execution in the first place as honest workpeople sometimes consider the number of their children as wealth in consequence of the services which they derive from them the widow relied on amandine and francois to assist her in her atrocities then what she had said of her desire to avenge her husband and son was true certain beings nurtured matured hardened in crime enter into open revolt into war of extermination against society and believe that lay fresh crimes they shall avenge themselves for the just penalties which have been exacted from them and those belonging to them then too the sinister designs of nicolas against fleur de marie and afterwards against the jewel-matcher might be thwarted by martial's presence the widow had hoped to effect an immediate separation between herself and martial either by keeping up and aiding nicolas's quarrel or by disclosing to him that if he obstinately persisted in remaining in the island he ran the risk of being suspected as an accomplice in many crimes as cunning as she was penetrating the widow perceiving that she had failed saw that she must have recourse to treachery to entrap her son in her bloody snare and she therefore replied after a lengthened pause with assumed bitterness i see your plan you will not inform against us yourself but you will contrive that the children shall do so i they know now that there is a man buried here they know that nicolas has robbed once apprenticed they would talk we should be apprehended and we should all suffer you with us that is what would happen if i listened to you and allowed you to place the children elsewhere yet you say you do not wish us any harm i do not ask you to love me but do not hasten the hour of our apprehension the milder tone of the widow made martial believe that his threats had produced a salutary effect on her and he fell into the fearful snare i know the children he replied and i am sure that in desiring them to say nothing not a word will they say besides in one way or another i shall always be with them and i will answer for their silence can we answer for the chatter of children especially in paris where people are so curious and so gossiping it is as much that they should not betray us as that they should assist us in our plans that i desire to keep them here don't they go sometimes to the villages and even to paris who could prevent them from talking if they were so inclined to talk if they were a long way off why so much the better for what they would say then would do us no harm a long way off and where inquired the widow looking steadfastly at her son let me take them away where is no consequence to you how will you and they live my old master the locksmith is a worthy man and i will tell him as much as he need know and perhaps he will lend me something for the sake of the children with that i will go and apprentice them a long way off we will leave in two days and you will hear no more of us no no i prefer their remaining with me i shall then be perfectly sure of them then i will take up my quarters in the hovel on the island until something turns up i have a way and a will of my own and you know it yes i know it and how i wish you were a thousand miles away why didn't you remain in your woods i offer to rid you of myself and the children what would you leave la louve here whom you love so much 
asked the widow suddenly that's my affair i know what i shall do i have my plans if i let you take away amandine and francois will you never again set foot in paris before three days have passed we shall have departed and be as dead to you i prefer that to having you here and always distrusting you and them so since i must give way take them and be off as quickly as possible and never let me see you more agreed agreed give me the key of the cellar that i may let nicolas out no let him sleep his liquor off and i'll give you the key to-morrow morning and calabash ah oh, that's another affair let her out when i have gone i can't bear the sight of her go and may hell confound you that's your farewell mother yes fortunately your last said martial my last responded the widow her son lighted a candle then opened the kitchen door whistled to his dog who ran in quite delighted at being admitted and followed his master to the upper story of the house go your business is settled muttered the widow shaking her clenched hand at her son as he went up the stairs but it is your own act then by calabash's assistance who brought her a bundle of false keys the widow unlocked the cellar door where nicolas was and set him at liberty End of chapter five read by celine major